hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League podcast brought to you in association with as always Workforce Dimensions Limited and Sam from Workforce Dimensions has even ventured out of Thanet uh, at the weekend I understand so fair play to him. Matt Gerrard uh, is in the background doing god knows what but uh, we'll just carry on regardless. Uh, I am John Phipps as always and you've already heard him um, and his intro this week is going to change the way you view Matt Gerrard. I often say that he is the nicest man in the world. He will clean up the plates in in uh, a chain pub, etc. However, what I saw on Monday shocked and appalled me, because for some unknown reason he went and got a straw to go with my uh, my soft drink to go with my uh, with my evening meal, uh, and then when I didn't eat use the straw, he took it out of the packet himself and just willfully demolished it. Matt Gerard, what a waste of resources! Aren't you ashamed of yourself? I've got a problem, you know, trying to save the environment, etc. Like I was used to testing that straw to see if it was an old-fashioned plastic straw. But the, the paper straw was, is, is a bit of a bugbear of mine. Again, again, they probably can disintegrate after a certain amount of time. But if you've ever had a milkshake from a popular fast food restaurant with a paper straw, after about two sucks, never thought we'd mention that on the podcast, it basically disintegrates. So I thought I would just do that and see if you would have the same issue. But you said your reason for not using a straw, I'm not five. Yeah. Don't basically. you have the satisfaction occasionally of using a straw and then blowing bubbles into it? No, like 30 years ago, that might have been on <laughs> like my hobbies, but no, not anymore. You know, have you regressed you because you live with small people? You know, if you can get so high... And see if it topples over. That's a great game. Well, it's really not. I don't know what else I can <laughs> say to that. It's it's not that. It's... No, I enjoy that. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've got no problem. But again, plastic straws, the old-fashioned ones, very good. New straws, absolutely terrible. There must be a podcast about straws as well. But there must be other people out there who have those go to those things and think these straws are terrible bugger the environment for 200 years and they're going to disintegrate get me my decent straw back well there you go Matt Gerard it's one of my things room 101 put white straw um, new straws because they're all terrible well 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 uh, yeah so it's Thursday uh, afternoon due to a, a various number of factors including uh, a fire safety course which I went on yesterday uh, which was uh, very entertaining uh, but um, nothing what did you have to do in that did you have to use a hose no, just sit there and, and uh, learn how to do things uh, and learn how to, it's all about like making sure that the building obviously is, is safe for fires and everything, which um, is, is really, really important. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's all about fire risk assessments. Um, basically, I think part of the course was making sure that if the worst did happen, we didn't get sued. So, right, right. you know, so it's more... Yeah, they're starting to demolish it now because it has reached the. Uh, it, a lot of it fell down during the uh, during the storm at the weekend, Kira. Uh, so uh, yeah, and then we don't know what Derek's going to bring this weekend. But I know you've got a theory about what Derek's going to bring, so we'll discuss that later on in the show, won't we? Yeah, Desmond is not Derek. Is it? Oh, Desmond, Derek, Desmond. Desmond. Cool names, isn't it? Yeah, cool I, thought, I thought it was Derek. Sorry. Sorry to oh, all the Derek's out there. Yeah. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, really sorry. It's a bit actually when you get your own name, so that eventually Storm Matthew comes, I'll be like, wow, yeah, get in there. I've got the, I've actually got oh, the current, I've got the current list of the, uh, of the things. And I can, as, I can assure you that in the next round, neither of us are getting a shout out in the next round of Storms. Uh, uh, there we go. 
they, they seem to have gone a bit rogue. Job, they seem to have gone a bit rogue with the names coming up. So after Dennis, I apologise to. It is Dennis, it's by the way. It's Dennis. So we were both wrong. I thought it was Derek. You thought it was Derek Desmond. It's actually Dennis. Yeah. Um, we've got Ellen, Francis, and Gerda coming up soon. So, um, oh dear. Yeah. Uh, and interestingly, in the very near future, we've got Storm Kitty coming up. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, we will look forward to seeing uh, what happens uh, with Kitty. There was even talking last weekend about concerns about. Uh, cats actually being blown away in the wind it was so strong thankfully my two uh with their combined iq in single figures decided that they'd stay inside and not risk getting well, blown exactly. away yeah 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 well no but it was it was pretty blowy and it was um i watched the film and that was about it really. i think this weekend is pretty much the same not, not going out the house well, i remember when february used to chuck it down with snow and 20 years ago this would have been snow rather than rain because it's chucking it down again now so and I was like, well, we're going to be discussing future matches, but I'm thinking there's not going to be much matches on this weekend. Well, no, exactly. God knows what we're going to say next week. <laughs> no, well, we'll have to just feel that Philip was talking about straws, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apart from that, nothing, uh, nothing too exciting happening, really. Half term next week. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, it's right for some, isn't it? Um, I, oh, well, exciting. Line of Duty. They've all met up for the script reading of series six. So, when, oh, so that'll be ages away before it comes on the telly. Yeah, it'll be next year, won't it? So. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you're an IT expert, aren't you? Well, in the loosest terms, that is my day job. For some reason, my mouse has decided that when I use the wheel, rather than going up and down the web page, it's going to start zooming in and out. How can I fix that? Uh, you, you'll have to go to control panel. Oh, I ain't got time to do that. Really that right, we'll just have to struggle yeah, our way no, through this. No, you probably clicked on something. You haven't got the button pressed down or something. Have you? Yeah, Oh, that, no, I thought that fixed it. It hasn't. Um, right, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't been up to much apart from obviously my fire safety course and, and uh, bits and pieces. Still catching up with the telly. Watched uh, White, Horse, White Horse Farm. Did you watch that? White House Farm? Oh, that was the Jeremy Bamber thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it finished last night. That was, it was a good watch. quite good. I quite like that sort of thing, but we're still pummeling through uh, Walking Dead. And Rick, if you're a big Walking Dead fan, left last night after nine series, so... So thank you very much for the show. As a lady who lent me season nine of Walking Dead because only on series up to eight or on Amazon and I'm too tight to pay for a, a DVD that I'll only watch once. Well, so shout out for that. Yeah, very good. Excellent. Uh, what time are we on now? Uh, yeah, well, we'll move on then. Um, this is our 110th episode this, uh, this week. And uh, quite ironically, given the complete lack of preparation, it's the most annoying uh, phrase ever given by a football manager. Oh, we're going to give 110%. I absolutely detest that, Matt Gerald. What about you? No, if I was a football manager, I would shout, come on. I want Every day I walk into this office, I say I want 110% out of everybody, and they seem to say, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so I'm always up for that. More effort. effort. Yeah, I'm one of those football managers who shout 110% and swear at it every other word. So I'm sure I'd be successful. I'm sure I'd be using that one. My computer is having an absolute... I did have something, but for some reason my computer is having an absolute meltdown today. I don't know what it's doing. As well as that problem, when I go into, when I try and type anything, ah, oh, there we go, that's working now. Ah, oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I did look up 110 actually. Second Tuesday of the month means updates. So if you had turned it on, so it's probably updates that might have killed some of it on Tuesday when if you've updated the machine since then. Well, obviously 110, Matt, is a 110 meter hurdles. Uh, oh yes, Colin Jackson was an absolute legend in that. John Ridgin, 
Yeah. And we mentioned John Ridgeon, he was good as well. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, and you're into this sort of stuff, according to the Bible, Joseph yeah. uh, is, is that the, the, the actual Joseph? Well, I presume, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the stepfather or co-parent of Jesus. Uh, I'm just checking this. Uh, no, maybe not. Really maybe not that Joseph. But there's a Joseph and a Joshua uh, in the Bible who both died at the age of 110. Uh, now, given the average life expectancy back then, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure of that one. That's good enough, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I do go to church, but um, I don't say I'm a regular reader of the Bible, so I couldn't possibly confirm or deny that. Uh, and also, it's the 110 is the atomic number of Darmstadtium, which sounds like a German football team, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, in the regional league, uh, Zwei, I think they're in. Is that about as good as the National League? Yeah, um, National League is the greatest league, league in the world. Most competitive, <laughs> like, with the championship. Well, indeed. Uh, right, then, let's uh, actually talk, stop uh, wobbling through some absolute nonsense and talk football. We're going to start this week in the Isthmian League, uh, where folks and Victor lost at home, but they were given a huge favour as Worthing lost for the first time in four months. And it's a last minute goal from Cray Wanderers. Cray Wanderers are now third in the Isthmian League Premier Division following that victory uh, at Worthing on Saturday. And this weekend, Matt Gerrard, folks and Victor. Worthing v Folkestone. Take on Worthing. It's going to be a fantastic game, isn't it? I think they'll probably be on because they've got 3G down at Worthing, haven't they? So, yeah, folks have had a little, a little bit of a wobble, maybe. Uh, you know, home form has been a little bit patchy, wasn't it? I think and that was a disappointing result against Carl Shulton, but and Neil Cugley's men should raise themselves against Worthing. How many points are Worthing clear at the top of the table? They're five points clear at the front. They've got At the moment, they've got 63. So, the, the old adage of this being a six-pointer is absolutely true here because the goal difference is very similar. A win for Worthing and they're eight points in front of Folkestone, but a win for Folkestone and it's two points, and that's going to be that will make a massive difference. Yeah, it's it's a big game for Folkestone. We've always said that Folkestone is the conference out. It'll be an amazing achievement. Um, I think Neil Cugley's done an unbelievable job there, constantly bringing players in every year, recycling his, his squad. So that's that'll be a decent game down there. I think Worthing play a bit of football as well on the three G. See what Folkestone can do, but. Easily the game of the day in the Isthmian League, arguably, probably in, in Kent as well, if it was in Kent, but for all our sides, it's probably the biggest game for a long while. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it's certainly going to be a, a massive game, and Worthing, obviously, are, are a phenomenal side, and, and four months without a defeat until Cray Wanderers turned up, and, we, and we've spoken recently about Cray Wanderers a few times, but again, Matt, that's a fantastic result, and they are having an amazing season. And I think my mate, who I stalk in their local stores, Scored again, Joe Taylor. Yeah, normally uh, fair play to Worthing for going four months unbeaten. But Cray have got that little bit between the teeth, playing good football, good squad, very experienced, and they score goals. And when you've got somebody who scored twenty-eight goals this season, you know you must be doing something right. So, yeah, again, a two-up on this, isn't it? Again, yeah, one for the players, one for the the top spot, isn't it? Yeah, the winners will go up, and the team from yeah. uh... so. It'd be fantastic if we can get another Kent side in the National League South. Well, hopefully both can do. If not, hopefully either Folkestone or Cray can do it because that'd be a, a great achievement. And I think the highest level both any of the sides would have been Folkestone. I can't remember them being anywhere near the uh, Conference South equivalent before. So yeah, fingers crossed it can go from there. Yeah, and uh, I mean it, the National League South next season. If at least one of those teams goes into it, will be such a Kent-dominated league, won't it? And that would be absolutely brilliant. 
Yeah, because there's the more teams going into it now, so you play more games from that. Yeah, I, I think it would be... We, a few years ago, it was the National League that was dominating. We had all those sides in there. Now it could be the conference. But that's, that's good for Kent football. So um, we may have, you know, with Epsley looking like they may go down into it from there. But it'd be a, a fantastic division. As it was a few years ago when Dover, Maidstone, Dartford, or Dover and Dartford were battling out with Epsley as well. So um, ultra competitive. So probably shows how important if the likes of maybe Maidstone and Dartford can, can get out of it into the National League. Because it even more competitive with more local derbies next year. Yeah, and, and we always talk about leagues across or up and down the pyramid, but the local derbies are, are so important. And if you've got, well, it could be six or seven teams in that league, all from Kent, then those derbies will make up such a big portion of the season. And it'll be, the team who does the best in those big games will be nearer the top of the table. Well, you look at how important it is for the Tumbridge fans when they play um, um, Maystone in that game on New Year's Day and they... They were so up for the next game when they could eventually be played. It means so much to them. And Tunbridge Angels definitely raised their game against Maystone. And they'll have to do that again if they stay in this division. And they could be playing the likes of Folkestone, Epsley. New sides come in it. But it's good for them. Good for the monetary, monetary aspect, of course. And good for the clubs and the supporters playing against sides that, you know, you've got a little bit raggy against. No disrespect to the likes of Chippenham. Tunbridge Angels wouldn't have thought I'd have too much rivalry against the likes of Chippenham, but if Dartford, Maystone, Folks and Cray, there's always something in there because players would, would come up against each other and know each other and that adds a little bit of effect to it as well. Yeah, elsewhere in that division on Saturday it was Margate 2, Corinthian Casuals 2, a late equaliser from Noel Layton, uh, earning Gate a point and uh, I, I guess we kind of just say the same stuff about Margate every single week at the moment, but uh, they are a little bit on the inconsistent side. Elsewhere in that league as well, uh, Lewis sacked their manager or were looking for a new manager. They lost 6-1 at home on Saturday uh, against Chessant, uh, who have former Margate striker Ryan Moss among their goal scorers. Uh, but Hugo Langton has been appointed as the new uh, head coach at Lewis, having left Welling earlier this season. He's a really nice bloke, Hugo, and I hope it works out for him down there, Matt. Yeah, I think he, he was given a a bit of a bum steer of Christmas with the Welling job and the issues that club were going. He handled himself pretty well with the media, I thought. And now he's got a chance at Lewis. Lewis, known as a well-run club, they will, you know, the, the ladies and the men's have played the same. Have been the National League side, so I think they've run perfectly off the off the field. And he started with a nil-nil draw against Hornchurch, who were at the top of the table. So yeah, good luck to Hugo. He's respected around the Kent scene as a respected coach and let's hope it can work out for him at a decent club in Lewis. Yeah, and of course, uh, it's keeping a clean sheet against Hornchurch meant your your mate Jamie Curtin was kept quiet after he joined Hornchurch uh, after leaving uh, Bishop Stortford last week. Uh, this weekend, Margate make the delightful trip to Brightling Sea region. Again, I don't think that's going to be much fun uh, on the 15th of February. Cray Wanderers are at home to Kingstonian. We've already mentioned it's Worthing against Folks and Victor. And then on Tuesday night, Margate are in action again as they host the marvellously quaffered Jamie Curtin and Hornchurch. So that'll be a tough game uh, for yeah, them. Decent game, that. Yeah, Hornchurch doing quite well, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah so. There was also, uh, we're going to very briefly, Matt, talk about a league we've never really talked about in any depth before on the Kent Non-League podcast. Before we move on to the Eastman League Southeast, we'll talk about the Eastman League North, um, which has all of a sudden become a division where games are played in Kent. Uh, so on Saturday, there was a game played in Kent in that league as uh, Romford, uh, Glenn Tamplin's Romford moved their clash against Felixstowe and Walton United uh, from their own soggy pitch uh, to Phoenix Sports and they were awarded with a 3-1 win. Uh, and then this Saturday, uh, which I wasn't aware of until 
very short time ago. Uh, the Essex derby between Brentwood Town and Whittam Town, Brentwood Town instantly now managed by Adam Flanagan, will be played at Prince's Park in Dartford. So uh, if you're in the area and you want a football fix, uh, you may not be expecting to see Brentwood Town against Whittam Town being played in the county, but that is on offer for you on Saturday, weather permitting. Well, I wouldn't have thought Dartford would want Brentwood Town to basically ruin their pitch if it's going to be played with the constant rain. So I take it Brentwood have got issues with their pitch or have not got a ground now? Or they must have issues with the pitch, yeah. But it's, it, it, you know, it's just going back to the pitches issue. Yeah, you know, the last five, ten years ago, we didn't really have this much, I didn't think. Games were postponed, but is it the, the more rain that we're getting that pitches are getting more and more... I, thi- I think, but I think though, if if you look at it in in real terms, um, a lot of people are saying that games would be played on the pitches that they're now being called off on, and I think that it's down to where there's a blame, there's a claim. That the society that we're, that we're in these days, I think that's making it difficult because um, you know if a game goes ahead and a player was to suffer a broken leg, then. Could the club, the home club be culpable? Could the referee be held culpable? And I think everyone's just so much more cautious. And I think that's why games are going. We're, we've obviously had a really, really, really wet period. So someone was saying that it hasn't stopped raining for three months. And if you think about it, it, it hasn't really. Was so that the, Moses? Was that um, the, Noah's Ark? Yeah. It hasn't stopped raining for three months. Another biblical reference from there. You mean, well, I, I remember seeing Baines back in the day on absolute quagmires. And it's, I quite like a quagmire pitch, but it seems to be these days that games that definitely would have been on 10, 15 years ago are being called off. And maybe you're right, John, that there is an insurance issue and players are just not more concerned about that. But it does seem quite strange why it's happening, but somebody might be able to do it. But it could well be that clubs are a little bit concerned that there could be a claim against them if, 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 if something bad happens. Yeah, into the Eastman League South East, then our own division. Uh, there's only one place we can start. On Saturday, 1,189 people packed in to Pilot Field in Hastings and most of them went home very, very disappointed as Ashford United, second in the league, were 3-0 winners at Hastings. Not just 1-0, not 2-1, 3-0. Jay May and two goals for Sam Hassler, who's just joined on loan from Folkestone and Victor. What a result that is. Everything, there's been a lot of other stuff going on this weekend, but that is the result of the weekend, isn't it? Amazing amazing result I didn't think they'd lost beforehand Hastings in the league they've won 10 on the spin or something ridiculous always a decent side at home but I'm really pleased for Tommy Warley's one brings them back into the the chance for the title um, yeah brilliant well done Tommy uh, Sam has to come in from Folkestone a good player what I like about Tommy again doesn't stand on his laurels when he sees if he can bring a player in he does they've got goals all over the place Jay May it must be 35-36, but at that level, we still an absolute threat. But a fantastic result for Ashford. Now I need to follow it up, make sure a bit of consistency, go 3-4 on the spin and put pressure on Hastings. Because Hastings are one of these sides who can never seem to get out of this division. The um, East and South have always did it, always scored about 150 goals, but never seemed to get out of it. So fantastic result for, for Ashford. And I'm sure Tommy Warlow was absolutely over the moon there because that was a big game for them. And I don't think many people fancied their chances there, but they've gone there. And basically, sounds like it's all apart. Yeah, it was only Hastings' second defeat of the season, their first at home. And before yeah. the game, they'd only conceded 16 goals in their 24 league games. So to go there and win in that style, and now the gap at the top of the table between Hastings and Ashford is just a solitary point. 
so that, massive, that, massive win, that. That was your, another of your archetypal six-pointers there. And, and Ashford United came out on the right side of it. And they'll be absolutely over the moon. And Tommy Warlow is doing a great job. And what is interesting, last year, obviously, he took over sort of part way into the season. They came good at the second half of the season. I think this year, they're coming good as well. Only drawn once all season in the league, though, Ashford. So, um that's something they, they may want to improve on going forward. But if they just keep winning, it's not going to matter, is it? No, it opens the rest of the league up as well. If, if Hastings had won that, you're thinking they were going to go and win it. But now, you know, bring Whitehawk involved, Cray Valley, one of our sides. Um, Bay as well, if the form they've been on, they can go on a bit of a run as well. It definitely opens it up. The thing. And there's a bit of a gap between the top five now in that division. So, yeah, exciting times ahead. But it'd be fantastic if Ashford can get promoted. Because, again, we've seen them have issues in the scaffold, trying to get out of it. To me, they probably are a Isthmian Premier League club, so um, that should be the level they're at. With Tommy Warlow, he's, he's a manager who's better than this level, so I'm really pleased for him. Yeah, absolutely. The, the team to watch out for in that league, though, is Chichester. We've got a lot of games in hand, and they're just outside the playoff places, so we'll be keeping an eye on them. But again, as I said to George, you'd rather have points on the board absolutely. than, than, than uh, games in hand. Especially yeah. this time of year, because you could be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, soon. Exactly. Uh, this weekend, uh, other results this uh, last weekend just gone. It was Cray Valley 2, Phoenix Sports nil, cementing their playoff place. Uh, Faversham were beaten 2-1 at home by Burgess Hill. Uh, Herm Bay were 2-0 winners at Hayward Heath, another good result for them. Uh, Sevenoaks Town beaten 2-0 at home by Whiteleaf. Uh, it was VCD Athletic 2, Hive Town 2. Uh, two goals apiece for Ali Fazzini and Alex Flisher. Uh, with three of those goals coming in the last 17 minutes. Sitting Bourne were beaten 1-0 at Whitehawk, and there was a 1-1 draw between Whitsville and Ramsgate. And every point counts for Ramsgate because it finally happened on Saturday. East Grinstead Town won for the first time this season. Uh, our neighbours from Sussex have been waiting and waiting and waiting. They came from behind to win 2-1 at Three Bridges. Uh, so the gap now at the bottom uh, between them for the playoff place, don't forget, is only five points uh, to Ramsgate. So... Uh, Ramsgate need to sort something out, don't they? I was sure, as they say, in these days, limbs after East Grinstead they got their first away win, well, first win of the season, which was away from home against Three Bridges. Three Bridges, a couple of points. But yeah, Ramsgate, I think oh, Ramsgate will win. They won a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? They beat East Grinstead. I thought, well, maybe that's the turn in rounding form. Um, but um, it's not really happened for them. And I see Ramsgate on Facebook. They are playing Manchester United 11. In a friendly at the beginning of July, John. Did you know that? I did see that, yeah. I think, so. is it a Ramsgate Select 11 against the Manchester United Legends yeah, yeah. 11? Well, I don't know how much Legends it is, because there are a couple of players who didn't play for Manchester United. Right. Like, Mickey Gray was in there, so, but yes. But that might attract the Ramsgate Manchester United supporters club, I would have thought, to go to that one. But there's a few players who haven't played for Man United. But Wes Brown was on there, so. Brilliant. Not Wes Brown has been up to today. He was the biggest name I thought I saw on there. Excellent. Yeah, that's a, a really good coup for Ramsgate and, and uh, hope that pans out well for them. Uh, on Tuesday night, there, were, there was one game involving uh, Kent sides. Absolute thriller as well. Uh, Faversham Town were 3-1 up uh, with seven minutes to go in their game against Herm Bay. A hat-trick for Honoridi Ogbo. But Herm Bay hit back to score twice in the last seven minutes to earn a point, including a stoppage time equaliser. But there is controversy, Matt, because... With the score at 3-1, a Faversham forward went into the penalty area, Emmanuel Owasawemu. Uh, he went into the penalty area, went down. I've seen a video of it. It's pretty inconclusive, but the referee has decided that it was diving and has shown him a second yellow card, sent him off. 
and the 10 men have been pegged back. So frustrating for James Collins, that one. It is. seems like an absolute fantastic local derby in there. Three all scenes again when Herne Bay get back into it. But Herne Bay, again, not in the habit of losing matches. They look six defeats in in 25 games. I think uh, I would have thought they'd be pleased with that. Always difficult because, again, Faversham, a bit hit and miss. Uh, consistency hasn't really been there, but they're normally pretty solid at home. So, yeah, good was good point for Herne Bay and keeps them in a, in a good position for those players. Yeah, and of course, Ben Smith back at the club where he was manager last year because he was at Canterbury City, who yep. ground shared, of course, at Fashion. Good stat, that, mate. Thanks, mate. Um, that's what I'm here for. Even though I've yeah. done no prep, I'm st- I can still pull it out of the bag. Uh, this weekend, uh, we've got Ashford United at home to Hayward Heath. East Grinstead against Cray Valley. Herne Bay take on VCD Athletic. It's High Town against Guernsey, a 12.45 kickoff. Uh, at Reachfields, Phoenix Sports against Whitstable, Ramsgate host Whitehawk, it's Sittingbourne against Sevenoaks, and Faversham are on the road to Whiteleaf. And then on Tuesday night, there are two games uh, involving Kent teams in that division. Ramsgate travel to Burgess Hill, and it's Sevenoaks against Haywards Heath. Uh, some some big games in there, Matt, and uh, Herne Bay against VCD, but Cray Valley will be thinking that there's an opportunity for them to, to get some goals at, at East Grinstead, I would imagine. Yeah, I would have thought that Cray Valley... Definitely in the mix, I think, to maybe even win the league if they can keep up their consistency. Yeah, you, you, and even though we've big Duffy spins there for finally winning their first game of the season, you expect Cray Valley to have too much. Kevin Watson will, have them, will tell them, right, they might be bottom of the league, but we need to put them to the sword here. I expect them to win, but how many of these games will be on? I honestly don't know. I don't know if any of these people have got 3G pitches, but of course, with the wind blowing a hooli, I would have thought safety-wise, they might be called off rather than pitches waterlogged. But keep an eye out there on social media for any of these games that may or may not uh, take off. I would have thought Guernsey coming over on the plane. Yeah. It'd be lucky if their plane actually lands, I would have thought. Well, indeed. Uh, Ashford and uh, Whiteley for the only two teams I can see at home that I definitely know have got 3G pitches uh, in, these, in that league uh, on, uh, on Saturday. So time will tell just how much football we've got to talk about uh, next week here on the Kent Nonny podcast. But this oh, week... We've got one, one, one. we can talk about the 111th episode. There must be loads of facts about that. Well, there, I, I, was, I was thinking uh, the cricket umpires to hop on one leg, so I hope you'll be hopping for the whole show. David Shepherd. Yeah. Yes, we could do that. Yeah, I, I will do that. I'll, well, I'll be a bit out of breath, and that might be a little bit disconcerting for listeners. <laughs> constantly panting in the podcast. Oh, dear. Yeah, please don't. Um, we'll move on then to the Southern Counties East League, uh, which I didn't want to lead on because even though we had the biggest story, because we did discuss it at length last week, uh, but Corinthian are flying the flag for the scaffold in the FA Vars. I was there on Saturday to see them uh, record a 3-0 victory over Sporting Cal. So they played really well as well, Corinthian. Uh, really had a nice day. Lovely family club. Very much enjoyed myself. Uh, they did play in the league on Wednesday night. But after the game on Saturday, I spoke to goalkeeper Aidan Prowl. So listen to him and then we'll discuss more about Corinthian shortly. Going on from Sheppey last week, a clean sheet there. Went into this game. Confidence beyond belief. Uh, couldn't have asked for much more. 3-0, happy result, next round, here we come. You were pretty close to it. Can you tell me how they didn't score in the other <laughs> post? <laughs> I the man up there knows. <laughs> Honestly, I just see bodies, legs flying about in front of me. Hit the post, hit the off the other post. God knows. <laughs> it was just meant to be our day. But looking at the game itself, you, you'd obviously done your homework on, on Sporting Cal, so oh, it yeah. paid off. Oh yeah, yeah. Golden went up to watch them twice, came back, told them they keep the high line as they did. Uh, there'll be a lot of space in behind. They're not the most mobile at the back, and we exploited that. And I think, as the result shows, it worked. I suppose for you, you, you didn't really have a lot to do. No, nah, not at all. I think they had the one shot in the first half that I've 
kept quite easily to be fair routine save had a few crosses here and there but other than that like I say and Oscar said previously uh, we are very resolute at the back we don't not many teams have cut us open this year and uh, yeah same again today so the FA Vars it must be a competition that every player at this level wants <laughs> to go far in yes yes very much so I think every kid's dream growing up is to play at Wembley and realistically this is the best chance that anyone will ever get to be fair so if we can do it it'll fulfil a lot of players dreams um, so I guess I've had a couple of conversations home draw is what you want yes very much so we started to make this a fortress um, I think last season we only lost two games here this year here if the obviously only, only team to beat us here and uh, yeah at this stage of the competition there's no road to say that we can't beat whoever home or away but uh, yeah definitely a home draw would be, would be very pleasing yeah, you're challenging on a couple of fronts and three fronts at the moment you, you yeah. must just want to keep on winning yeah. and keep going yeah yeah. like I say we had a, a few games in December that were called off and that were quite frustrating because obviously we were on a we were on a winning streak there and when you get to that sort of point you just want to keep playing week after week game after game you don't really want to have a, a stop in between you want to keep the momentum going and uh, yeah hopefully that happens here and for the rest of the season What's confidence like as a footballer? Because you, you, you did this last year, you went on a great on being yeah. Corinthian, yeah. and now you're doing it again. You, yeah. you must feel, every time you walk on the pitch, you must feel great. Yeah, uh, I think football is a, is a game of confidence. You look at Jamie Vardy when Leicester won the league, he went, was it 12 games? Or however many games he went scoring in a row. And that is just all based on confidence. If you go out there, you believe in yourself, you believe in the man to your right and the left of you, then you've got all chance of winning. How far can this team go? Hey, we can do it. <laughs> Who's to say we can't? Anyone that comes here, home or away, like I said, we're a team on momentum, team on confidence. And uh, yeah, on the day, if you turn up, then there's no reason to say we can't. You touched on it earlier about Sheppy last week. First goalkeeper to stop him scoring in the league as well this season. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, to be fair, I, I can't praise the... Well, I could praise the back four in front of me highly, very highly. They are... Like, touched upon earlier uh, we're very resolute not many teams at all carve us open and uh, the times that they have done fortunately I've been there to keep it out of the net when I spoke to Oscar last week he said it's like a family and I know for some oh, of the players yeah. it really is like a family yeah, but yeah, no, um, all of you seem to have such great togetherness and that's what's going to take this team yeah far. no 100% ever since I come down here three years ago um, as soon as you get in everyone is a collective like uh, Tony Sitford is a very knowledgeable man and he will tell you Every time we step on that pitch, if one player gets kicked, we all get kicked, we all limp. Uh, if we, one player scores, we all score as a collective. And I think that's a sort of mindset that we've got and it has carried us a long, long way. And he is behind you, but the gaffer obviously does a good job to, uh, to bring you all together. <laughs> uh, he tries. <laughs> no, yeah, Golden's, Golden's very good. Manage management, gets the players know. If you're not playing, he'll give you reasons why not. When you're playing, like I said, uh, he's gone out, done his research, come back and it's worked. The Corinthian, Matt, are... I went there. They're a young team. Uh, they've got a nice feel to the place. A, a nice bunch of lads. And, and Aidan there, he, he spoke really well, didn't he? I think it really came across. Every time we speak to the people um, from the club, they really handle themselves really well. Um, I think um, they've been well managed by Michael Golding. He think he's brought the players in, and I think he he knows what he wants from a player. And I, I think it's a. A fantastic story. Um, they pay their players. Um, they've been there. When he, said, when he came in the radio show last year, he said, oh, these players have been together for a long time. And last season they came so close, but didn't quite make it. Make it. Maybe that experience of a little bit of hurt 
thinking, right, we missed out last year, we're not going to make it short again. Because all the players seem very focused on what they're going to go and do. And that was a fantastic result in the trophy. You mentioned they got Leighton Town in the next round. Anybody at home they wanted, it's a decent tie. They will be thinking they've got a chance at Wembley here. I have to say, could, they, could the double be on as well? Well, that is the thing. They won 5-1 at Wellington on Wednesday evening uh, to move up to within two points of leaders Beckham and go back second in the table. Uh, we're almost at the stage now where a lot of teams have played the same sort of game. So it really is starting to open up the top three have all played 22. And going there after being on such a high on Saturday as well, to go to Wellington, which isn't an easy place to go, and win, and win in that style shows that there is something about this Corinthian side that it's worth getting very excited about. Yeah, I think probably if you spoke to the manager, I would have thought that's more important, that result, than it was one on Saturday. Everybody would expect, maybe expect them to get a result against Wellington, but knocking, you know, being early up, two up early on, then 3-1 again, and winning the game from that point of view opens up this title race now. Beckenham, Corinthian and Chatham, if they've got to play each other, I think some of them have got to play each other as well. So there'll be some absolutely cracking games in there, but really opening up to be an interesting end to the season. Don't count out Tunbridge Wells as well. If they can win their games in hand, they're right in the mix. We're looking like a, a six-horse race here for the title, John. Corinthian, got to, got to keep their eye on the ball. What's more important to them is that the, the trophy, uh, the Vars, or winning the league. I think the manager said the league, so uh, <laughs> you can see where he will go from there. But it could be in for a, a phenomenal season. Yeah, I think uh, I completely. Uh, he did say that on the radio show on Monday night that you know if, if you are if you asked him at the start of the season, he'd said the league. But I think they they will give their all in everything. And um, I saw on Saturday, as I say, I think they've got some really really good players there. Oscar Housego, who we had on the show uh, last week, scored the second goal on Saturday. Scored twice uh, on Wednesday night as well, and he was. He was the key man for me. He played, he played really well, uh, sort of trying to bomb on and support Luke Tanner up front, who also played very, very well uh, on Saturday. And they, they've just got something about them. And, and interesting as well is, is, yeah, a lot of the players are young players or they're the Billings family and they're trying to make their way in the game. But the fact they've got Chris Kinnear there in doing the ugly stuff in the centre midfield, it shows what appeal there is at Corinthian. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a link between... Chris Kinnear, I think a lot of the Billings, I think they're quite friendly uh, from that point of view. So he's gone in there after leaving Hive. Um, you know, probably doesn't need to play football anymore with his with his business interests as well. But he'll go there and add a little bit of experience. Just looking at the fixtures coming up again, Kent Senior Trophy against Beckenham. Well, it'd be interesting to see that one. If, what, either side going to give the, the all? Yes, but massive game on uh, Tuesday. Tunbridge Wells v Corinthian, absolutely massive game. Tunbridge Wells get a result in that really brings them into the title hunt so it's hotting up now the uh, schedule well, I think the best point you made John but a lot of sides have now played the same amount of games which makes it very easy to look at yeah we'll look forward to their FA Vars tie uh, in a couple of weeks time when it's just coming around uh, but elsewhere in the schedule last weekend uh, it was Wellington had a 4-0 win on, on Saturday at Crowborough uh, Irith Town beat Glebe by two goals to nil Glebe have released a few players as well so I think they've given up on the title for this season. Uh, Hollands and Blair beat AFC Croydon by four goals to one. Uh, K-Sports absolutely thumped Irith and Belvedere 7-0. It was a 2-1 defeat for Lordswood at home to Fisher. Another uh, rare one for your spotters badge. Punjab United nil, Beckenham Town nil. 
And the game's result for Punjab, though, isn't it? That is that's a very good result. result and uh, opens things up at the top as well. And uh, very late in the day, the game between Tunbridge Wells and Canterbury City was called off. Uh, Sheppey United reached the Kent Senior Trophy final for the second time in three years. Uh, Dan Bradshaw, as he did two years ago in the semi-final, scoring a hat-trick to take his team into the final as they beat Bearstead uh, by three goals to nil. And they will play either Corinthian or Beckenham uh, in the next round. Uh, with in the final at the Gallagher Stadium and the semi-final between those two big hitters, the top two in the scaffold is being played this Saturday. Uh, also, Matt, we should really mention Deal Town uh, all the way up to concert. 866 people, 150 roughly Deal fans uh, making the trip. They held out for 73 minutes, uh, but eventually were beaten by two goals to nil. Uh, but a great effort from Deal Town and, and they can all be very proud of, of how they performed in the FA Vars. Yeah, I think they overachieved a little bit. They had that glorious game with the keeper in the long penalty shootout, which will live long in the memory. I think they're going in the right direction. Steve King and Derek Hare's a good good mix as a managerial team. I know they're looking at a few players for next season, Deal as well. I think, uh, yeah, I think they, they are where they are at the moment, but maybe the, if they've earned a little bit of money from this competition, they could look to strengthen the side. But I think they're a an attractive side, an attractive prospect, particularly players in the worldwide base in the Thanet, southeast area, to go and play your football. So I'll be interested to see um, for them next season. I think they'll be looking to improve their league form next season and try and move into the top six of those sides. But uh, a, a good season so far for Deal. And you know, we always thought it maybe one game too far going to concert. If they'd have been at home, it could have been a different matter. But uh, a great, great season for for, for Deal and. Next season, I think it's probably all about the league for them. Yeah, indeed. They also were in action uh, in the Scaffold Challenge Cup uh, on Wednesday, Tuesday night, and they were beaten 3-1 at Kennington. Uh, Kennington reaching the semi-finals, for, uh, which isn't bad for a first division club. Uh, Chatham Town, uh, Glebe, uh, also into the semi-finals this week, and the remaining ties between Sutton Athletic and Tunbridge Wells. So we will find out soon who makes it through uh, this weekend in the scaffold. Uh, we've already mentioned the big game is the Corinthian Beckenham uh, Kent Senior Trophy semi-final. But in the league, Bearstead against Tunbridge Wells, Canterbury City are at home to AFC Croydon. Uh, Deal's game with Irith is a 2:15 p.m. kickoff because uh, when Deal got back home on Sunday, uh, they discovered that one of their floodlight pylons had uh, had fallen down. I uh, don't think there was too much damage, but the game will have to kick off early as the floodlights are unusable. Uh, it's Glebe against Chatham on Saturday, K-Sports against Hollands and Blair, and Lauderdale against Sheppey United. And then on Tuesday, uh, Matt's already mentioned the massive game there between Tunbridge Wells and Corinthian. Uh, it's Bearstead against Deal, Beckenham against Canterbury, Irith and Belvedere against Wellington, and Glebe host AFC Croydon. Uh, into the first division where it's still uh, ridiculously tight at the top. Everybody's The leaders changed hands again uh, with Russell going back top of the table after Kennington uh, drew with Holmesdale uh, on Saturday. Uh, there's now three points between the top four uh, in, in this league and Holmesdale up to third have two games in hand. Uh, let me just go through the other results in Division 1 over the weekend as well. Well, lost 2-0. Thanks, mate. Windy conditions. Wind, so I get my, my lid contacts went there and bit disappointing. Early doors, you know, the wind played a bit of a factor in the game and she said, got to take their chances again. So um, she's a bit of an expert on lid town on that. So, uh, on that. But yeah, but I think they had somebody sent off early doors. I think the captain was sent off as well, she said. So. Very good. But so lid, we had. Lid town watch. Yeah, very good. Uh, at Kenfield United, we're beating 5 0 uh, at Croydon. It was Kennington 1, Holmesdale 1. Rustle went top of the table. 
after a 3-0 win at Lewisham Borough. Uh, Meridian VP, we talked about them last week. They had a, a heavy defeat last week. They've had an even heavier one uh, this week, beating 8-0 at home uh, by Greenways. Uh, SC Thamesmead beat Snodden by four goals to nil. It was Stansfeld 2, Forest Hill Park 1, Sutton Athletic 3, Lidtown 0. Uh, despite what Matt's just told you, apparently it was 3-0, mate. 3-0. She's only with two. Maybe, maybe she missed the end. Maybe she, maybe she let, missed the uh, 89th minute goal. Is that a possibility? Maybe, yeah, yeah, or she forgot about it. Was it 89th minute goal? Yeah. There you go, man. Yeah, so maybe she didn't. Yeah, maybe. Well, she was a bit cold there, to be fair. Tried, so. tried to m- miss the traffic on the way out, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, just looking as well, the game between Rochester and FC Elmstead was called off uh, on, it was abandoned on Saturday uh, due to a, a serious injury. Jordan Anderson of FC Elmstead suffered a dislocated ankle and a double ligament uh, tear during the game uh, at Rochester. Uh, and he uh, will definitely miss the rest of the season, of course. And they're still waiting to find out uh, if he's going to actually need an operation on that. But uh, get well soon, Jordan, uh, is a message from us both here at the Kent Non-League Podcast. Uh, This weekend, obviously, there will be fixtures in the First Division, if there is any at all, because of... uh, What was his name? Dennis. Dennis. That was his name, wasn't it? Uh, So we've got in the uh, the league, Brighton Ropes against Kennington, Forest Hill Park against Lidtown. That's a long way for them to go, mate. Uh, Holmesdale against Rustall, Kent Football United against Greenways, SC Thamesmead against Lewisham Borough, Snodland Town against Stansfield, and Sutton Athletic against Rochester United. And then on Tuesday, FC Elmstead against Rustall. Uh, in that league as well. Excellent. Let's move on then to the National League. Well, well, actually, there's not much to talk about in the National League, is there? Uh, Bromley were in action, though, Matt, and and they had to fight back to get a result against Solihull Moors. Yeah, 2-0 down, weren't they, against Solihull? Both sides not in the greatest form, were they, um, from that point of view? So I think a decent point for Bromley if they're going forward. Of course, Dover now looking to catch them. I think Solihull won in the week. They've gone ahead of, ahead of them in the league as well, but showed a bit of character there. Neil Smith will be delighted with that because I don't, you know, after four, could have been five defeats on the spin and that really would have hurt them. So, uh, yeah, decent um, decent point for them there. Yeah, they, they fell two two goals down, uh, Chris Bush's own goal and a goal from uh, from Carline for the visitors on 68 and 77 minutes. But then Frankie Raymond got one back on 79 and then uh, deep into stoppage time it was Corey Whiteley uh, who popped up with the equaliser for Bromley. And we did say last week, Matt, for, from a Dover point of view with... Uh, with the Whites not playing, a draw would be the perfect outcome, and that was what you got. Yeah, uh, I think I think that was, you know, Andy Hessen's side, I think he went to the game, will be absolutely delighted with the point from there, but now Dave have got to follow that themselves, but still very, very tight around that division, you know, you gave me a bit of stick, well, a lot of people gave me a bit of stick when I said that Dover were only um, six points off the top, or well, second place, weren't they? And uh, I think one of our loyal listeners said I'd change my uh, mind as quick as I had to change my underpants, didn't they? Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, that's about about the size of it. But you do, you are, you are, as I say, you are, you you are the exact opposite of your hero, Chris Kinnear's mantra. Uh, you do get too high and you do get too low. Yes, so but um, we'll go, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah, I do get, yeah, I get carried away, then you get down in the dumps. But I think that's um, as all football fans are probably the same, aren't they? And that's cool. Yes, this weekend uh, in the National League, uh, Dover Athletic returned to action, allegedly, with a trip to Eastleigh. Uh, it's going to be Bromley on the road as well, up at Stockport. And a huge, huge game at the foot of the table as Epsom United are at home to Chorley. Now, they beat Chorley uh, back at the start of Kevin Watson's reign, uh, but things are altogether different at Epsom United at the moment. We've seen Miles Weston move on. Um, we, we, don't, we think they're still under a transfer embargo as well. 
And then on Saturday, an absolute aberration as they lost 2-0 at home to Royston uh, in the FA Trophy. We said that Royston were a dangerous proposition. Uh, after 90 minutes, it was 0-0. And you would have thought Epsic United, being a full-time team, would have had something extra in the tank over Royston. But they were behind very early in extra time. And they went on to lose that game 2-0. And uh, we played a bit of the interview with Kevin Watson out on, on Saturday uh, on Monday night's radio show. And dejected... Uh, doesn't even come close. And I think he had some very, very harsh words for his players. But you've got to kind of start to wonder if the harsh words just aren't doing the business at the moment. Yeah, we said last week, was it a gimme? Um, clearly not, because Royston have knocked out some decent sides in this competition now. But absolutely, will be absolutely distraught about that. Again, they don't score any goals, which is a concern for them in the next three matches now. They've got Chorley at home on Saturday. If it's on, is they can't afford not to win that, then they've got to go to Chesterfield next week uh, as well. I think they need a minimum of four points out of that. They can't afford to lose any of those two games. Um, otherwise, Steve, he's going to be under, um, Kevin Watson's going to be under pressure. Steve Lovell's there, can't bring any players in. I see they announced the new chief executive yesterday, so maybe they're still trying to uh, get stuff working off the field, but I think the most important thing for them is on the field. But at the moment, they could be playing crazy. Uh, Cray Wanderers in the National League South next season which for an empathy fan you would have thought a couple of seasons ago when they're riding high and Cray were in the Isthmian South East Division would never happen but yeah, for me they're only heading one way John unless they have a remarkable turnaround in form yeah, You've already said it's, it's half term next week got any time off work? Uh, Monday I'm off and Friday I'm off so, yeah. um, from, so from that point of view you're going on a climbing wall on Monday so Goodness knows how that's going to go. It's a shame you're not off Tuesday, Wednesday, because you could have gone to Barrow if you weren't a fair weather fan. Yeah, but, uh, yes, uh, and um, I, I would have thought the Barrow, the Dover people will be treated like kings after the last time they went to Barrow. And, <laughs> and the fact that you beat them two weeks there. ago. Yeah, and we beat them two weeks ago. So, <laughs> again, I don't know what it's like early part of next week, but it's one of those things that Barrow will call the game off at 7.44 when Dover arrives. <laughs> Yeah, into the National League South then, uh, a mixed bag for our teams at the weekend. Uh, Dartford beating 2-1 at home by Hampton Richmond. Welling United beating 2-1 at home by Sloughtown. Uh, but a victory for Maidstone United on Saturday. Uh, one well of a Braintree Town. And you were there, Matt. So, uh, only the second time you've seen Maidstone this season. What did you make of them? Um, they huffed and puffed. Again, I think they probably need a striker to put away the chances. Braintree, I have to say, were appalling. Um, they seem to come for nil-nil straight away. Um, they when you look at it, they lost their previous away game 6-0. You maybe think that's maybe a good idea. But Maystone was dominant with the ball. Plenty of nice touches, but didn't really um, hurt Brainy too much. A little bit of skill from, uh, well, there's sort of how you pronounce his surname, but Amlazor, Amlazor, just Amlazor, good finish. Beat his man, drilled it into the corner. And Maystone deserved to win. And he felt if they got a second just before half-time, that Brainy would have caved in. But yeah, a decent performance um, Calm was good in midfield Bucard was good as well so yeah I think Maidstone will be pleased with that the most important thing the results went their way we've been bigging up Dart for the last few weeks but they lose then other teams win and you think maybe Dart aren't going to get in there but um, Maidstone have got the games in hand now they've got to do that and I think that a lot of their games now are Saturday Tuesday Saturday so consistency and as we say every week everybody says that John Steele's side come to the fore in the last third of the season 
And now we're going to go and see if they are, if they're going to get into those playoffs. Yeah, uh, Welling United did bounce back from uh, from their defeat on Saturday uh, by drawing 1-1 at Hampton and Richmond. And, and they're moving in the right direction, Welling, aren't they? Even though they lost on Saturday. Yeah, I think you've written this season off. They're not going to get that go down. Bradley Quinton will bring the players he wants to work with, players, check out players maybe for next season. But the season's over for Welling. Um, but, they, you know, it's not going to be a relegation dogfight that it maybe was maybe a month or so ago. So, yeah, going in the right direction. Uh, this weekend in the National League South, we have Dartford on the road to Billericay, match postponed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Chippenham against Maidstone United. I don't know what it's like in Chippenham. No. Uh, Dulwich Hamlet against Welling United. Match on. And all together now, Tom Andrews against Hungerford Town. Uh, I'm, I'm going, it's going to be called off. Yeah. Probably Friday, Friday at six o'clock. Yeah, it's only going to take was another that, bit. Was it checking it down where you are now? Uh, it has been this morning. I can't. I'm in a dark office, so I can't actually see uh, anywhere there, where it might so. be raining, but it has been. It's been awful this morning. So uh, Yeah, I, I would have thought I'd be surprised if like, we, we came across before. Well, Tunbridge, they moved their cup game in the Kent Senior Cup, didn't they? They focus in, in the week. Will they, will they think about how many, how many home games have you got? Stats there, how many home games? Uh, I haven't played? got a home and away table in front of me. Let me just uh, search it. Monday night, uh, Tunbridge Angels are in action again uh, while I look for this table. Uh, as they tra- no, they travel to Chelmsford, which also uh, has propensity to be a bit of a, a, a quagmire of a pitch. Uh, Mason United at home to Bath on uh, on Tuesday night. And, and if you, as you say, those uh, those... Those games in hand for Maidstone, they are going to be coming thick and fast. And if you can get into a run of form now, you'll be laughing, won't you? Oh, Bath, well, Bath was shocked by bottom of the table, near the bottom of the table, St Albans on Saturday, and a bit of a poor run. So well, they lost 7-0 to Wilson benchmark. a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah, so a good benchmark for Maidstone against a side low in confidence there. If they're going to get in the playoffs, they need to beat Bath. And I would say that Maidstone have got a good chance. Definitely that game will be on. I would have thought on Tuesday night the weather should be a little bit better. So if he misses any football, which we think will not... When you listen back to this podcast in 10 years and you're, we're laughing about will any games on that weekend, I still don't think many games will be on. But probably saying that, it's really gonna, the sun's going to come out and the games will be on. But I really don't believe that my trip to Eastleigh, as you mentioned earlier, the chances of me getting there and being the game being on, I would have thought are pretty slim. Look at the weather and, and their, their pitch being uh, notoriously poor as well when the rain comes. Yeah, and if you are listening to this podcast in February 2030, hello, I hope the 20s uh, treated you well. Tunbridge Angels have played 12 games at home this season, so they have got nine uh, left to play. There's only one team played fewer at home. Uh, Billericay have only played 11. Um, so, yeah, they've got to... Uh, so, they're only, that's only three games in, in hand at home on anybody else. So, it's not too bad for them, I suppose. No, yeah, yeah but they need to be playing. Yeah, I cannot believe... Well... You can't, you can't see that game being on, can you? So I, think, well, I presume the big game, they'll be, they'll be playing a lot of games in March. If, if the weather improves a bit, you get those sort of the sandy pitches that eventually get really hard by the end of the season. So yeah, but hopefully the weather can improve for some of us as they could get games on. I know we're joshing a little bit, but you know the, the finances for the clubs as well when they're not getting games in must be really hard. So uh, hopefully this weather uh, can go away very shortly. Yeah, and the thing is, it does get difficult because you just said they're going to be playing a lot of games in March. So I just clicked on the March fixtures. Angels already got three home games in a week because they've got the rearranged game with Wealdstone, Eastbourne Borough in between, and then the rearranged game with Maidstone. So if the pitch hasn't perfectly dried out by the start of March, it's going to get an absolute hammering at the start of the month. Yeah. 
it's so, it's so it's, frustrating for everybody. I mean, we spoke to Steve McKim a couple of weeks ago on the show. Uh, I've also heard an interview uh, with the Tumbridge Angels chairman, and it's it's a nightmare for them because, yeah, as Matt says, we are sort of laughing and joking about it a little bit, but it is a really, really difficult situation because the club is, you know, it. They need the money from supporters coming in. It's not like your Premier League games where it's the TV money and everything. The supporters and, and the concession stands are what pays for the club. So uh, it is, is really, really important. And, and yeah, again, I'm just looking at those March fixes. And in fact, Tunbridge Angels have only got one away game scheduled for March and they've got five at home. Uh, so that is going to be quite a month uh, for Longby. And, 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 and again, it works on the thing as well. You know, you, you know, not everybody's could afford to pay. Exactly. I'm just to about to make that point. Thirty quid in a week is a lot of money as well. So yeah, it's, just about it's to make that exact same point. It's it's tough on the pockets of the regular supporters when you've got to go five times in a month. But uh, I'm sure that people like uh, Matt Davison will find a way. Matt, I'm sure yeah. uh, that they will. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, this week's show. Apologies for it being such a, a rabble of a show. As I say, didn't really have much time to uh, prepare because I've had a lot going on this week. But I think we managed to get through it okay, actually, mate, didn't we? Yeah, very good, very good. The, 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 the story about straws will go down in legend is one of the most important stories you've ever had on this on this pod, I think, really. Yeah. They yeah. look back in 10 years' time when people aren't, when those straws are the greatest invention in the world as the way forward. So, yeah, power to the straw story, which probably is the most boring thing I've ever mentioned. And I have been pretty boring on this pod. <laughs> uh, this weekend, then, you're, you're trying to go to Eastley. I guess you'll be hoping if it gets, does get called off, it gets called off before you leave. Yeah, that's, I did beforehand, I did ring East Lee Football Club up before I spoke to you and they said, oh, we'll just keep an eye on social media. But they did say it will be done early if it's going to be off. They put covers down, but I think if it, even it rains, I think the wind could be a factor as well. Is people getting there and that is also a factor. I think a lot of games could be called, will be called off because it's chucking it down. And I think a lot of games could be called off for safety reasons as well. But keep an eye out on the social medias. On the socials, I'm going to say, then I think I don't know. On the social media, if your games are going to be on. But um, hopefully there will be games going on. Otherwise, you'll get more stories about straws next week on the, on the podcast. Yeah, and if I can, if I'm able to, I will try and tweet out any postponements that I see from the uh, Kent Onney podcast. You can follow that, that account. Uh, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast, and you can also uh, find us on Facebook at Kent Non League. Uh, I am at John Phipps eighty one, and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, funny enough, going to Corinthian last weekend really sorted me out mate, with some new followers, mate, which was a bit of a result. So did uh, you? Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, a couple of, just tweeted a couple of little bits and pieces. Did you, didn't you? Also, you going to tell me about a story? You were Billy Billy Big Balls at Corinthian. Wasn't oh it? yes, I was. I was gonna. I was going to apologise that uh, on Saturday on BBC Radio Kent. Uh, we were asked to um, to give a, a, a moment when we've sp- seen a sports star in unusual places. And story went clean out of my mind. So I went all Billy Big Balls and went, oh, well, we and I was in Beijing going out with the Olympic boxers, which is a horrible thing to do. Yeah, I did go to Beijing Olympics 2008, and, but I shouldn't be boasting about it on the radio because my story was that I should have get given in the talking point was when I was at university in Preston, uh, I, was walk- I was in WH Smith's, uh, buying a magazine or something. I think it was a football not magazine. Not me. Yeah, no, exactly. And um, I bought a magazine and as I'm at the front of the queue, someone comes down the other end of the queue and tries to get in front of me. And that somebody was snooker legend Steve Davis. And uh, I what said... What was he buying? Can you remember? Uh, he was also buying a magazine. And I said to him, Steve, it looked like you were trying to push in in front of me. And he went, I'm really sorry. And we had a very brief chat outside Jebby H. Smith's in Preston for about five minutes. And what a lovely, lovely man he was as well. I'd love to know what magazine Steve 
Davis was, was buying. It was. It wasn't, I'm, not, I'm not interested in what magazine you were buying, but I'm interested in what Steve Davis was buying. Okay, well, unfortunately, I can't remember that detail, but I just yeah. remember uh, just after being reminded. It wasn't one of those naughty magazines, was it? No, it, it definitely wasn't. I'd have made <laughs> oh. more of that. Come on. You'd have, saved that the, you'd have sold the story to the news of the world if that was the case. Yeah, Steve Davis was buying Razzle in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that is it for this week's Kent Ollie podcast, which has gone on uh, until the very end of Matt Gerrard's lunch hour uh, here this lunchtime. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Sorry we're a day late. Uh, we will try and sort that out for you uh, for next week. Monday night, I'm doing a radio show without Matt, uh, but Alex Hode is going to more than ably fill his shoes. Uh, I've got a guest in who's going to be uh, going to play football in America uh, next year, so that's going to be very, very interesting. And we'll be back with you next week for the next episode of the Kent Nonley podcast. There's going to be absolutely no football this week. I, I look silly if there is, but I can't see it at all. <laughs>